Hello everyone, my name is Rick, Rick van Bruggen from Neo4j, and here I am again recording another Neo4j Graph Database Graphistania podcast. And uh, tonight I'm joined by uh, two guys from Philadelphia in the USA that have been doing some amazing uh, work with Neo4j. And on top of that, they have the funniest company name, uh, I think at least. It's, uh, it's called Untitled Folder. Uh, that's Jess um, and Jason. Uh, Jess and Jason, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks Hello. for having us on the podcast. Yeah, thank, thank you for, for joining me. That's uh, that's really kind. Thank you. Uh, so Jess and, you, and, and Jason, I'm, I'm, I don't know who wants to go first, but you guys have been doing some really interesting stuff together with Neo4j for the Philly community. Uh, maybe you can just introduce yourselves uh, and, and, and explain us what you've been doing there. Sure, I'll start. I'm Jess Mason. Um, I work with my business partner, Jason, and we started a company uh, called Untitled Folder, where we help uh, startups or people with ideas that want to build an application but don't know how to use technology. Uh, we get them from idea to MVP. Um, we believe every good idea starts with an untitled folder, so we want to figure out what they want to put in theirs and help them uh, build their MVP to uh, launch it and get into the hands of their customers as soon as possible. Um, I met Jason um, a few years back uh, at a hackathon where we were talking about some ideas we were trying to work on and I told him about this crazy technology called Neo4j and he said uh, he'd be willing to work on it with me and learn how to use it uh, to build some recommendation engines I was trying to build back then. and. Uh, I'd say I learned about Neo um, about 2011, and I didn't know how to use it at all, and I wasn't really a technologist at the time. And so meeting Jason was like a natural fit for us to work together. And um, during the hackathon, we decided uh, to hang out again sometime later, and we started a business together. And now we're we run uh, the Philigraph DB pot, uh, meetup group. Um, so we met our friend Kareen who uh, works at our co-working space. And she's like, uh, she said to us one day, hey, you know, if you guys want to start the podcast, go ahead, uh, or the meetup group, sorry, uh, not the podcast. Uh, and so- Well, if you want, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been running uh, the new Philadelphia uh, meetup group for the last two years now, and uh, working on different projects together and growing our company. Really, really great. And what about you, Jason? Um, maybe you can introduce yourself as well. Yeah, sure. I'm Jason Cox. I, I've been doing full stack web apps for a good while now. So uh, integrating with Neo4j was a really good uh, fit for me since uh, I hadn't really got into the recommendation engine style that new modern apps are moving into. And I just feel that it that it decreases the barrier to entry to get into AI um, recommendation assist your customers style of apps that um, is really important these days so yeah that that was my entry just showed me and got me into it and I've found so far it, it works exactly as I would hope Fantastic. That's great, and I, you know, I, I know you guys have done you guys have done a, a bunch of projects with Neo4j already, but uh, 
the, 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 the most intriguing one from my perspective at least is the one that you've been doing uh, for uh, you know the local city community right and, and uh, the data journalism around that uh, cypher Philly can you tell us a little bit more about that sure uh, yeah we started cypher Philly about seven or eight months ago um, after a meetup we had done uh, working uh, on journalism and using neo4j and we came up with the idea sometime around when we were doing that meetup and said, hey, we have this powerful technology um, called Neo4j and people are using it for stuff like Paradise and Panama Papers and they can expose all this unrelated data and link it together using relationships. And we thought, hey, you know, uh, the city of Philadelphia has a great um, web portal called uh, Open Data Philly and it has a ton of um, data about the city and things that you would want to know that can help improve the city or just you know self-reporting on what's going on and we thought what a great civic idea to try and link this data together and do some investigative journalism um, do some recommendation engines for the city to improve the city in some way and see what other people in the city want to how they want to get involved um, so we started doing some meetups around this idea about uh, taking uh, Neo4j and ciphering literally uh, the open data that's available to us. And so we've started that as an umbrella project and it's grown over the last seven, eight months uh, into a group of people, about 40 plus people that have wanted to join on and help in some way. Um, and they're activists, journalists, uh, coders, creatives, and uh, people just generally want to get involved in improving the city. That's so um, fantastic to hear, yeah. Yeah, and uh, we, we've worked with uh, Code for Philly, uh, their brigade of Code for America, and they launched some civic uh, campaigns to try and uh, grow these types of groups and help uh, accelerate these ideas. And so we went there and gave a pitch about what we were doing and gained a whole lot more traction and have been partnering with them for a lot of projects in journalism. And also uh, it's just been continually growing. So we've been getting sponsorship for it now. We can host servers from uh, some people that have helped us out. We have meet up places we can go and uh, it's just been incredible the amount of outreach that we've gotten from it. Real grassroots, right? Really great. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. So, so maybe this is a good segue to to kind of understand, you know, why is um, you know Neo4j and graph databases in general? Why is it such a good fit for the type of work that you guys do? Both, you know, in in the the, the uh, um environment and professionally, you know, why is it such a good fit for you guys? Well, mostly because it's really good at finding connections in a cross uh, a cross data perspective that really you don't get with SQL or Mongo or uh, NoSQL databases. You you basically can use Neo4j like it's SQL. You get your data in data objects and give it fields and and use it that way but making the cross connections of data and in a really generic really whole data sense um, gives a lot of flexibility so specifically for helping journalists um, sort through public data 
um, it, it's really just a great way to find connections where normally departments wouldn't talk or uh, uh, you wouldn't look for uh, connections between these types of data. So we, we can use a public source like uh, Open Data Philly, get everything we can in there, and then find really amazing new connections. And then, yeah, most every early stage startup these days is really needing to and wants to get into recommending information for their users. Um, without that, that uh, it, it doesn't assist you using the tool the same. So Neo4j, we basically did a hackathon where we learned how to do recommendation engines at GraphConnect last year. And uh, it was, we, we had a recommendation up in running in like two, three hours flat. Uh, the, it was really easy to use. The tools were provided for us. There's a web console to try things out before you connect to connect these data calls in your app. Uh, it just makes it really easy to get it set up and test it out and make sure it's working the way you're expecting. And that helps us for our customers too that um, are looking to get off the ground quickly and try these new technologies and then also be able to scale with them later. So it's not these throwaway ideas or um, other applications you might uh, try to integrate that cost a lot more as you scale. So the more you use them, the more they cost. Um, but Neo allows you to work with your own data and um, the tools are open source, so it's great. You don't have to pay per transaction or uh, query, which is uh, a huge benefit to people we want to work with. Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like, you know, both from a functional point of view and, you know, the the, the, you know, the recommendation system approach that, that you're using, but also the flexibility that the data model gives you is, 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 a, is a real driver for uh, for, for what you guys are doing. Am I, am I summarizing that okay? Yeah, it lets you uh, build a real world prototype. So yeah, you can make, uh, you can change your mind along the way a lot easier. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's really, really, really cool. So, so what's uh, what's next for you guys? You know, where 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 is the when is the untitled folder getting titled? <laughs> uh, you know, what's what does the future hold? Yeah, I mean, uh, right now we're working on a, a grant that we've been doing for the last few months, and I think we're in the final stages of that. Uh, we're just waiting to hear back whether we've got it. So we want to take that uh, with Cipher Philly in the new year if we get it. And that will help us grow that out a lot more. We'd like to create some uh, products from that that we can work with different organizations that could use those type of services. So yeah, we're building it all open source, and we want to help other organizations use the tool in, in a similar same way that we are. So the grant will help fund us to actually build out a lot of it and get it going. Uh, and actually make it available for others to use and make it easier for others to use than it is right now. That makes a lot of sense. And, and, and what do you think about, you know, the future of, of, of the category, you know, the future of uh, graph databases in general, you know, any perspective on that? Yeah, I mean, uh, every year we go to Graph Connect and, and hear about the statistics on how many more industries have switched to graph databases. And 
Um, I know, I think I heard you speak once before about uh, this becoming a standard database and not just uh, you know, a one-off or a niche case database that people would use, but this is becoming so much more mainstream that it just seems the most optimal way to, to move forward because you get the benefits of traditional databases as well as the, the enhanced powers of having a graph database, which is uh, pretty incredible to have both of these uh, use cases in one. And yeah, I, I see just the amount of cost savings that an early stage startup can get when they're in the, the see if the customers even want to use the tool and get it in early user hands instead of building a full AI system to provide recommendations and train it on tons and tons of data, um, really early stage startups can get those features early on and and not in a prototype way, but an actual functional scalable way. Absolutely. We were talking about, uh, we were joking a little bit about uh, artificial intelligence for humans, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for um, taking the time to uh, share that story uh, with uh, with our listeners. We'll put a bunch of uh, links to your work uh, on the transcription on the podcast, and uh, I'm sure that lots of people will uh, will find you there. Um, thanks again, and and so much good luck with uh, the rest of your project. It sounds like Great. a fancy, uh, fascinating ride. Thanks again, Rick, for having us. We appreciate it, and. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.